This is Fandom Buzz. Today's episode is called Dawn of X and Violet Evergarden. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, hey everybody. everybody! Welcome back to episode, I want to say 12. Yes, I believe it's episode 12. It is episode 12. Can you believe we have lasted this long? <laughs> Not really. Well, you know, on the one hand, it is, you know, the inaugural podcast you know, episode was called Path of Least Resistance, and that is literally what we're doing right now. Pretty much. Like, if there's any hint of resistance at all, we're like, no, we're just going to do Because this is supposed to be a fun project. It's supposed to be something that we just sort of get passionate about and love to do. So, yeah, here we are. Episode 12. Can you imagine? It blows my mind. Blows the mind, indeed. But it's, it's roughly about three months worth of podcasting. If, yes, assuming a if you do month weekly. Is like, yeah, it's like a four kind of a thing. Um, which is lovely, which means we missed a month because it's hello April. It's okay. Um, that's life. That's totally, that's totally 100% life. Anyway, we hope everybody is doing well. Uh, we hope anybody who's listening to this finds, again, if, if not necessarily some comfort, that there are other sort of like nerds and geeks out there that are, you know, deathly concerned about like um, characters and books and TV and what have you. Then, like me? No, I'm kidding. Like, definitely like us. Uh, that you're not alone and, and you're sort of, you know, not the only ones cooped up in this uh, like terrible pandemic. Absolutely. And uh, for those of you who uh, aren't going to, you know, through the best of times right now, then we're, you know, our hearts go out to you. We're always thinking of you. Mm. Literally, every so often we're like, what the world, how the world's doing? Because um, I, being the family goblin, as some of you have heard, uh, I just love kind of staying in the dark and looking at a screen and just sort of reading and playing you video do, games. And, and, and Alexa has been sort of like, well, it would be nice to go outside. And there have been some really good spring days, too. Yeah. I want to say. Yep. I have been really good spring days. Anyway. But on with the show, mm-hmm. on with the show. That's what you're here for. That's what, you, <laughs> that's what we're here for. Uh, in which case, in which case, uh, let's um, kick it off with some bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. So what is going on? Nothing really. Like I don't really have as many things to talk about as I did last week. The only thing I want to mention is that the company Illumicrate has a couple of exclusive editions that they're releasing, which are yeah. pretty cool. So they did an exclusive edition for the Cruel Prince once, and now they have matching editions of the Wicked King and the Queen of Nothing coming out. I particularly like the one for the Wicked King because they totally played on the whole undersea vibe with it by making it a blue cover, and then they put like undersea elements to it, which is really fun. And the other thing that they are doing an exclusive release for is this beautiful edition of The Last Wish, which is one of the Witcher short story collections. And it's very pretty. It's gray and black, and it has like the Witcher symbol on the front. And yeah, yeah, the yeah. School of the so School of the Wolf. If you want more info on that, just go over to their Instagram page. You'll see the pictures. It is gorgeous, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you've and, and there's a particular short story there that I can't spoil because it is in the series, I think. And Alexa has not nope. like watched. I will finish that soon. all of it, but we will finish it pretty soon. Uh, but if so, so if that happens to be sort of like your favorite. Um, short story for some of you might know what i'm talking about it's it's the one that's in that book and that's also in the uh, uh netflix series as well then definitely you might want to check that out that's pretty cool right and plus it's so, it looks so it looks so kind of classy it as does well. got that epic kind of white on black minimalist but you know it's like the mm. witcher kind of feel to it all right what else you got Nothing. <laughs> well, I have a couple of digital uh, kind of uh, things that we want to say. So Comixology perpetually on sale for fun, different things. Uh, I think they're really sort of, um, you know, kind of playing on the on, on the whole trend of let's let's get some good 
you know material in, in everybody's hands as best that we can and there is a dark horse kids sale happening right now mm-hmm. uh it is going to be all the way until the 27th so by the time this podcast airs uh today because <laughs> that's we cut it to the quick these days um we should have enough time to sort of grab it so and just for reference right so what titles are out there so you've got alice in wonderland in sort of like graphic novel form oh. you've got astro boy yeah you heard me um super super fun uh you know manga slash anime from the 70s um and you've got the entire avatar the last airbender graphic novels each one right now at a dollar 49 like i almost kind of like wish i waited but i don't because i totally got well yeah i still got mine on sale for like five bucks or something like Mm -hmm. that well from the usual you know kind of like four dollars thereabouts from the usual 6.99 but this is a dollar 49 you can literally get every single avatar the last airbender book minus the the um the art which is about three dollars for about 30 like i i tested it put it all in my cart and i'm just like oh so it'll make great great gifts too right mm, like if you have, a, you have you have a child with a device or you have a friend with a device who doesn't have a device these days um and you got 30 bucks to spare give him some joy if, if you you know and, and and go grab him some of these uh so there's that uh, uh so check out like comiXology for that kind of stuff kindle unlimited has some new stuff right actually they put it on prime reading as well so it's kind mm-hmm. of almost like double dipping i think prime re- reading is like a subset of kindle unlimited right mm-hmm. for for those with a prime account uh, but if you want to be extra and go the extra mile, there are some things on Kindle Unlimited that you can get on just Prime Reading. But Prime Reading right now actually has uh, really cool uh, fables, A Thousand and One uh, Nights of Snowfall, uh-huh. uh, which is sort of like a kind of prose meets art kind of expansion of the fable series. So if you don't know what the foot fables is, it's by Bill uh, Willingham. And it's a story about a bunch of, well, storybook characters to us they're storybook characters that's how we know about them but how famous they are in the mundane world which is where we live is how sort of powerful they are and almost nigh unkillable in like general in like real life and what Mm -hmm. happens is they flee from somebody called the adversary who has been sort of creating like an evil empire kicking fables out of their sort of like homelands right and just being like sort of despotic he's just basically like you know um uh, like the fables version of like Hitler or some kind of mm-hmm. you know like Attila the Hun that kind of like evil sort of overlord and the fables that did escape the homelands have gone to like earth like our particular mundane earth and they have a place called Fable Town set in the middle of New York somewhere glamoured and cloaked so that no, no mundane can just stroll in and uh, this is sort of like a companion novel to that lots of really sad uh, stories on here it's such a great companion um Okay, also Black Widow, Deadly Origin is mm-hmm. on. So there's a bunch of Black Widow books on here. Black Widow, The Name of the Rose, um, lots of Black Widow stuff. Web of Intrigue, uh, Black Widow and the Marvel Girls. I am so going to read these instead of the things <laughs> I'm supposed to read because I'm a huge uh, Black Widow fan. Um, so, you know, Romanov has always been sort of like one of my favorites. So yeah, um, definitely check that out. And, and amazingly, Books of Magic 1, um, Arcana, the Books of Magic. So... Uh, this is by um, John A. Uh, Reber and Peter Gross. Um, really interested to see how how you know kind of what this take is, right? Because I think the only books of magic that I do know is, is sort of from, from from Neil Gaiman, and uh, it's it, it's still Tim Hunter, right? So um, yeah, it, it, I guess it's uh, well, we'll see. Like, well, what 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 what's brewing in this particular like piece here? Uh, yeah, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, Tim Hunter is it's it's, it's literally Harry Potter to some extent, uh, it, but instead of like going to Hogwarts and stuff, it, there's this like dark-haired, scruffy-haired you know kid with glasses, mm-hmm. who's born to be the greatest like 
wizard or magician like to ever live and he lives in london as well suburban london so i don't know what like neil and uh joe rowling were on at the time but i think the universe was like screaming like scruffy haired kid with eyeglasses great magic and then rowling's like no nah, we're not gonna make him the greatest magician but but it is gonna be the greatest story or at least one of the but that's just Perhaps. and then my non-digital sort of i know i'm the one with a bunch of bookish buzz isn't that interesting um coming in october i want to say uh specifically i want to say october 13th is the fourth book of the dragon watch uh um oh. i want to say series so dragon watch is actually sort of um, so it is written by Brandon Mull. It is based on the Fablehaven series for the first five books, where a bunch of kids, where two kids, a brother and sister, discover mm-hmm. that their grandparents are wardens or caretakers of a place called Fablehaven, one of the many sort of preserves across the world that sort of house mythical and, and magical creatures, mm-hmm. uh, and how there's a, a, a sort of like an evil society that's trying to bring all of these these um, uh, preserves down, right and Dragon Watch happens, uh, I want to say, after all of the five books. Um, for those of you who are familiar with the Percy Jackson series, it's kind of like uh, Percy Jackson, the Olympians, is Fab- Fablehaven, right? Where they're young and they're figuring their lives out as, you know, potential caretakers okay. of every, you know, fable type. There's a lot of fables in my <laughs> in my, in my bookish uh, buzz segment. And then uh, you've got Heroes of Olympus, right, where you, the story sort of broadens, and that's what Dragon Watch is. It happens they're a little older, they're a little wiser, uh, and, uh, you know, the main characters sort of just sort of grow up. And so I think it's great uh, that it's coming. Book four, uh, it's called Champion of the Titan Games. And I am cool. just, and the, and the cover looks like super awesome. There's like two golden dragons and like muzzles. Dragons. And I'm just like, that can't be good, right? Because dragons are sentient here, like really, really sentient. And they play on the, it's almost like very D&D where the lore is you can't even begin to like function in front of a dragon. That's just how terrifying they are. So that there are a couple of chain dragons. I don't know if they're dragons or they're wyverns or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, scary. So very fun. I am very excited for that. That does sound fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Lastly, lastly, and I know I said, uh, I know I, this is just something for for all the folks at home. I've been trolling up and down for the Animorphs uh, just over the years. And recently I just discovered that every single Animorphs book is finally available on Kindle. Would you believe? And um, I mean, are you excited? Because now you can add it. I am deathly excited. For, for for the animorphs, I swear, and um Birthday and for the, for <laughs> no, I, we actually have like the physical books, and I do not have two hundred dollars to just drop like that because the books are about like again as I mentioned, it's about they're about like three ninety nine, so that's four times about like how many like fifty four plus 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 books, mm-hmm. um not yeah not 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 right now not not right now but in time and I do have like the physical copies like here at the house anyway. Uh, because I had, like, somebody on eBay was like, all of my Animorphs books are, like, on sale. I'm like, I'll take them. Because I left my collection sort of back home. I could have just, like, mm. moved here to New York and, and, and bring them. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Animorphs is a story about a bunch of kids who are a bunch of misfits. Um, they stumble upon, uh, you know, they cut through the construction site that they aren't supposed to cut through and find, like, uh, like a dying alien uh, after it gets almost summarily murdered. Um, ish. Well, no, that's not true. They find a die. <laughs> well, you, you know, I mean, he survives sort of like a space battle, barely crashes his ship into the construction site yeah. and tells them, "You're, the, you know, they're here. Whatever alien race is like, you know, trying to like tr- trying to kill me is it's not just on their way. They're here. They're they're just following me, and they'll be here soon." He gives them a cube that allows them to take the DNA of any living creature that they want, 
and it allows them to transform into that living creature for a maximum of about two hours so with with a with a planet that is like just flush with just the most amazing and so far not extinct like wildlife <laughs> um the animorphs sort of become like a gorilla team of, of 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 teenagers who are fighting against this alien invasion that has already started um and uh, it starts out pretty kitty right because you know i'm you know but but if but if you think about it the actual first book is super dark like really really dark um for those of you who have not read this i will spoil this slightly because well no that's not true i will spoil this magnificently because guess what here's where all the spoilers come in it says alexa sort of knows the story already just in the first episode one of them gets trapped in morph right uh, this kid named tobias and for the rest of the freaking like book series he's all red-tailed hawk because he can't turn back anymore it's ridiculous so he's stuck right they barely survive the encounter with sort of like the yerks like the evil aliens and uh, by the way, the nice, cool, you know, kind of Andalite, by the way, which is sort of like a combination between a centaur and like a scorpion. And they have no mouths, but they're telepathic. They have four eyes because they have eye stalks on the other two. Gets eaten. Like the, the bad guy, the, the year, Visser 3, which is sort of like their general ranking. Like the highest is Visser 1 and mm-hmm. he's Visser 3. You know, possess the body of an Andalite, the one and only. Like they call it the abomination, because the Andalites versus the Yerks are like a thing they've been fighting for. Mm-hmm. It's like almost like several decades now, and and he tra- and, and because it's an Andalite body, it's got the technology transforms into this terrible alien thing and eats the dude. And I'm just like, what is this even? And so, uh, yeah, uh, totally hooked. Can you imagine what a crazy first book? Um, and uh, totally recommend it to anybody who's. Uh, sort of like looking for a nice new kids series um and could possibly have two hundred dollars to drop on every single kindle copy all righty that's pretty much that i think it's time for a game what did you say sure but which one we're gonna play anywhere but here fiction okay. edition anywhere but here fiction edition all right is our favorite favorite pandemic quarantine game because we literally have to be here and and should not be anywhere at all <laughs> as, as much as possible so if you could go to any fictional place today it's been a week where would you be i don't remember what the name of the place is well describe <laughs> it mime it oh Do it's some easy things. no it's easy uh if you have ever watched the show rising of the shield hero oh okay there is a it's, i guess it's a town that now fumi who's the main character of the show becomes lord over at the very end hello spoiler but he becomes lord over this town at the very end it's the same town that his first teammate party member yeah party member raftalia came from and so he he ends up becoming the lord of this town and basically it's going to be their fort of operate or base of operations or whatever and i just first of all it's by the seaside which is enough reason for me to want to be there but second of all like i don't i would not mind living in that town with everybody who sort of Naohomi has encountered along the way in his journey in this entire first season and who basically just like him a lot even though he pretends that he doesn't like them <laughs> so I just I don't know I would just like to be there well Rock Valley I think is, is Rock uh, Valley? I don't remember the name well, th- well I'm totally like like googling like right now but um I think they've changed it to Nofumi's village or whatever as long as yeah, it, it's the but, village that he's the yeah, lord it's, it's, of and that's, that's all that matters that's a great place to be it's so random but I kind of almost want to change mine to that but no I I actually want okay now now that I've started and we'll talk about this a little bit more 
uh, I kind of want to be uh, in in the Summer's house. Okay. And the Summer's house. Uh, That's fair. That's awesome. Because um, I used to, because because before, and this is like several anywhere but years ago, uh, on this <laughs> on this podcast, I did say I wanted to be on like Krakoa, where all of the new X Men sort of are, because I had gotten more that oh they've got a new island that's kind of cool. Um, Seattle. That's but, what it is. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Sorry. No, that's that's perfect because it is right by the sea, or some such. But anyway, but but yeah, a couple of uh, several uh, um, anywhere but years ago, I wanted to be on uh, Krakoa, where the X Men are supposed to be. Oh, I did oh, not yeah, yeah. read anything at all uh, about like Krakoa and what the new X Men stuff are, House of X, Dawn of X, none of that stuff. But now that I've read everything, um, apparently Summer's house is not on Krakoa. Because of the super crazy like bioorganic tech that the mutants have now sort of like acquired mm-hmm. for themselves, Krakoa allows you to portal to anywhere. So you literally you are literally like just one portal away from pretty much everywhere. So if you want to build your house, you can build it. Uh, question is where? And Scott Summers and basically decided, yeah, I'm gonna build build it on the moon. Are you kidding me with this? And so and and the fu- and the fun reveal is that he's explaining about how. I wanted to sort of build this exactly how I said it sort of it's like I kind of you know when we found out that we could build anywhere uh, it was up to you like you weren't confined to the island and and if he said absolutely anywhere then well why can't it be here and then it pans out he's talking Cyclops is talking to his dad Corsair right and it pans out and they're on the bloody moon overlooking earth and I am just like yeah okay sure I, I would like to see that which is really awesome what did you say I mean all right yeah, it's the case. moon. It's the moon. It's the moon. And plus, Krakoa is like, you know, like super biotech, organic, like advancement, whatever. Uh, anyway, moving forward, uh, let's play another game. Okay. We, this game but is called, <laughs> as if we didn't know, uh, Such well, a Soundtrack. Well, I really never know until you actually pull it out. <laughs> Such a soundtrack. All right. So, what one you... <laughs> time that I have an answer. What have you been listening to? Well, I've been listening to a lot of things. But the one song that I will mention today is it's specifically because it is the type of song where I feel like it could be a story already on its own. And it's the song So Close from the movie Enchanted. Oh, yeah. No, totally. That is a white... the movie Enchanted, that song is the song that plays when they're at like the New Year's party. Uh And it's the song that Patrick Dempsey and Amy Adams characters dance to. And we're all just emo about it. That is... No, that was a good dance. That was... Because feelings. Yeah, I've been actually studying that song. I love um, that song. Because I, I, and like, then if I, you listen I, to the lyrics, it's really, really depressing. Well, yeah, totally. Because, you know, I mean, there's that for, song. Because okay. it, it really, okay, if you just <laughs> listen to it, it sounds like it sounds like a love song, right? It just, yeah, it, but it's not. It's I mean, totally it not. I mean, But it's, okay, look, okay, okay. It kind of throw up, Throw up the lyric that is totally like, you know that is both okay throw out the lyric that is both like the the the, the because, twist okay. to the song and at the same time makes it like oh my god this is a ya romance like it's so annoying because happen. the beginning is like you're in my arms and all the world is calm mm-hmm. and the music playing on for only two mm-hmm. so great right et cetera, et cetera. and then the ending is we're so close to reaching that famous happy end almost believing this one's not pretend let's oh. go on dreaming for we know we are so close and still so far exactly <laughs> trying to hurt me and and you'd think like it, like yeah if you for those of you who don't listen to lyrics and I know this because I study this you would think it was one of those oh okay so close you and me you're at the precipice of something but then uh uh-uh, uh they're pretend so think of every single like that we I'm almost sure that if you think really hard there are like five books out there where there's like this is just an arrangement between oh you God, and me. Stop! 
but that is a but that is a trope. That is a time honored, well well loved. I want to say trope where yes. this is an arrangement. You and I are not supposed to be anything more than what we are seeming to be. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop it! And yet, so that is a hundred percent like a soundtrack. In which case, uh, my such a soundtrack would have to be. And this is really odd because um, I don't like the, I, for a hot minute like. 20 years ago I listened to like hot minute that I for like you know for like I want to like a year I want to say maybe a year and a half I, li- right. I, I actually listened to, to a little bit of suburban punk mostly because my brother got into it and okay. he was younger than me so it makes sense for like a 12 year old to go blink 182 you know what I mean but then for me to sort of like and I was starting to listen to like alternative like rock at the time I was like alright let's see what this is and uh, it was loud, you know, like loud, rowdy, and just irreverent and fun, you know, even musically and simple enough to sort of even do. Um, and so my brother's like punk interests sort of like uh, I want to say diversified as more punk bands came about. Okay. And some forty one happens to be one of those that sort of got a little like smarter, even rock wise, um, you know, like like they were a little bit more intelligent musically than sort of your basic kind of. And they have a song that I've always loved, even from okay. the from the moment that my brother sort of like brought it out. Um, it called uh, "Makes No Difference," and it is such a soundtrack because uh, it is the soundtrack to the thing that I'm writing right now. Oh. There is a scene that I'm writing where I'm just like, it, "This is gonna." And then when I explain it to my brother, who is my artist for for the stories that we're we're gonna put out, sure. um, he's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> And he's like, sir, I have a playlist for you. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. We'll, we'll use all of it. But, um, and Makes a Difference is just like that loud, rowdy kind of like, you wouldn't think to put it in a in a, in a a fight scene. Okay. Unless there's some really good context. And I hope that after I finish what I'm what I'm writing, uh, the context will be appreciated by those who will appreciate it. I know that sounds like really vague, but. That does sound very it's vague. It's like, you know, it's like for the people who are meant to like it. Anyway, but that's that's pretty much that. And it is it sounds very, super vague. It is it uh, in, in so many ways, but on that note, on that note, so games games uh, are, are done, games. but more games are afoot coming soon. However, it is time to take a pause and okay. go. Okay, new and for review, new and for review. Alrighty, what is uh, sitting in your queue right now, or will be reviewed soon, or what have you? What do you got? Well, a couple of things that I got my greedy mitts on because apparently <laughs> I can still get things even though I'm here at home so sure in the mail i got a finished copy of time of our lives which is by emily wibberly and austin siegeman broca who got married i th- want to say a couple of months ago nice. anyway that book is out this week so you can also order it and hopefully have it delivered to your house it is about two teenagers who are on a college tour and they have very different things that they want out of life and i think their meeting pretty much sparks a change in both of them so that'll uh-huh. be fun to read these authors do such a great job portraying contemporary teenagers in a way that feels very realistic and very complex which i really like i also got my greedy mitts on something that i'm very very like it was really (laughs) unexpected and i'm happy about it i have never actually managed to request a graphic novel on netgalley before but the last carnival which is by michael morecci morecci i'm not sure how to pronounce it but he is the story He's behind the story, and then there are a couple of illustrators involved. And it is a Dick Grayson graphic Here novel. Here we go. Uh, this story is set before he meets Batman, before he trains to become Robin. And he actually ends up getting involved with 
the Lost Carnival, which is a dangerous and magical place. And he encounters someone, apparently falls in love. Who knows? I don't really care because I just love it. makes him a child, it. though. Yeah. Doesn't basically. it? Oh, that's so cool. Oh, baby. And then I baby Grayson. also have uh, a couple of things that I got digitally as well. So we have Loath at First Sight, which is by Suzanne Park. And this is about a video game producer. And she kind of comes up with this idea of a game that her company wants to make like their big project of the year. The problem is someone keeps trying to sabotage it. And she has to team up with this guy who she kind of doesn't like, who works for her office also, in order to figure out who the culprit is. And maybe there's romance. Probably there's romance. Probably romance. I also got my hands on two things that are sort of like fairy tale-ish, which I wanted to mention. So last week I talked about Broken Wish by Julie Dow, which is out in October. And this is the first in that series of novellas that is all about this magic mirror. That's what connects them. And this one is about Elva, who has visions and powers. And when she sees this really devastating vision of the future, she decides that she wants to make sure it never happens. And that's her story. And the last thing I want to mention is Rebel Rose, which is by Emma Theriot, and this is out uh, in November. And this is the first in a series reimagining the Disney princesses as inspired by the actual history behind each of them. And this one in particular is about Belle and what happens to her after she's managed to bring the beast back to his princely form and what she has to deal with then. And it sounds so good. And yes, there's still some element of magic in it, and I cannot wait to read that one. I have been highly anticipating it forever, so... Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Indeedy do. All right. So what did you have? I am all about the X-Men these days um, because uh, normally like I would uh, I, like to hear the thing. I totally jumped the gun, right? So dial it back to Kindle Unlimited, right? Where you only get to sort of get like six months sort of like behind and stuff like that. And they were they were missing at the time. They were missing just the the last issue of, of um, Powers of X. Mm. Uh, which was sort of like a retelling of the well not a retelling but it was basically telling the story of the X-Men in present time uh, like X number of years into the future oh, sorry in the past in the present and sort of like the future and like the far far future several time for time frames to sort of tell you because this is such the most bananas bonkers kind of X-Men storyline I've ever uh, I've ever read pretty much or heard of in my entire life and I did not wait for Kindle Unlimited for another week I totally sorry I did not wait for um, Marvel Unlimited for another week I, I bought Powers of X, House of X, okay. like collected editions because I had to know the ending. Of course you did. Uh, because Powers of X and House of X sets up the new normal for all mutants. Okay. Which is, we are our own people, and I'll talk about this later because this is obviously my featured fandom. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to make it my featured fandom the last couple of weeks, but I got totally hijacked by like that Sailor Moon thing the last time, that which was is really totally funny. fine. But, um, but it's a setup to, this is the new normal now. What happens next? And right after the House of X, Powers of X sort of like you know, uh, combined thing, they started coming up with uh, Dawn of X volumes that chronologically capture what happens across several X titles, mm-hmm. uh, of which are, uh, but certainly not forever limited to, um, X-Men, right? Okay. So X-Men number one. It's like sure. literally a reboot, literally a reset. X-Men number one, X-Force, Marauders, Excalibur, Fallen Angels, and New Mutants. Oh my god, I can't even begin to I want I'm going to save most of this for the bookish for, for, like for your this is yeah my, my my feature fandom is going to be a mini bookish breakdown on several like comic book levels because um we have not seen the mutants uh you know on 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 the offensive. Okay. We have not seen the mutants thrive and be like, you know what? This is our trump card. Um and and so powerful and whatever and and you would think and and you've not seen the mutants happy. 
I've never like the, the the entire time it's always we're just trying to love you and then they just get shot like that's really what what mutant kind has been like pretty much for almost ever like for whatever reason you read about like the Avengers and they're all these really seemingly nice humans yes. and then and then there's like that subset of racists who are just like but we're gonna make sure every mutant dies like horribly and in the womb if possible like that's those guys and then to have Xavier unite every single mutant ever mm. like ever like apocalypse is in there and he's like we're gonna do this and he has like a new name right like well not a, well, and it and and the way and the way they put it in like the, the comics is it's an a that is that is in larger font surrounded by a bunch of squiggles and then when and then when he tells one of the mutants like you can call me blah whatever that is okay. and the mutant was like that he was saying he was like yeah sure i can pronounce that um, and, and he just keeps referring to himself don't call me apocalypse anymore that's it this is who I am so so I'm all about this this is the best thing that's ever happened to the mutants mm. this is a reboot and it's super smart reboot I'll say I'll say it I'll say this much about about uh, about the, the X-Men series um, you've always had like new teams uh, there's more of them there's less of them there's more of them there's less of them there's a messiah then every time the, the phoenix comes along and then they go to hell there's only so few places you can take an X-Men story, um, you know, and, and then they branch out into different teams all over the globe. Excalibur yeah. went to, like, London, all that kind of deal. Um, but here, it's like we're all literally in this together. Everyone is working side by side, hand in hand. I was uh, about to break into High School Musical voice, but, you know. Yeah, right. And then, and, then the, and then the problem sort of happens. So um, X-Men is basically, uh, you know, Scott and family. Like, mm-hmm. you know, from, from what I know, it could turn into something else of the first six issues. I don't know. But I, um, X-Force, uh, I will save for last because who oh boy. Um, Marauders is my personal favorite because yes. for whatever reason, uh, so, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Marauders were what you called sort of like the the bad murderous mutants. Okay. Um, they were evil team. Sabretooth was, on, was, was one of the Marauders. They murdered like a bunch of people and, and mutants as well. So for the Marauders name to be sort of revisited... And this time with the Kitty Pride, sorry, Kate Pride now, uh, in charge. And she, why? Because she can't go through the portals for whatever weird ass reason. Anybody can make a portal anywhere in the world. Only mutants can get through, and Kitty can't. So she had to go to Krakoa v- via boat. Hmm. That's but since part of the plan was that we aren't just going to control the main markets, we want to control the black market as well. We need a bunch of people who can both function on the black market side, and also be sort of like a rescue op mission mm-hmm. for any mutants who can't get to Krakoa and their governments are preventing them from getting there. Enter Captain Kate Pride. Uh, and she's like, and, 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 you know, basically they're called the Marauders now, which is awesome. So it's basically a pirate, <laughs> which I think is pirate Kitty Pride is something that I never really thought I wanted until I, 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 I saw it. Excalibur. Um, something happens to Captain Britain. Uh, okay. who sort of is in charge was leading set for the longest time and uh, and it falls to his sister Elizabeth Braddock Psylocke right um, to, to, to to make it right and now she's Captain Britain and uh, looking great I like the costume a little gaudy but I like it uh, Fallen Angels is a bunch of like people who don't fit into the whole mold of like war makes us soft and there's a weird shift between like young Cable and 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 well, it, I'm calling it. I'm calling it uh, weird. Because Young Cable and X-23, which is so weird. And I don't... I, honestly, first of all, there are a lot of complaints that I have with this whole new thing. Uh, it's not perfect. And uh, and, I'll, and I'll get to that because 
it's, it's perfect. Like Fallen Angels is basically like there's something not right here. And uh, it, it involves Quanon, who is now calling herself Psylocke, um, Elizabeth Braddock's like body for like years, totally right. wrong story. Um, and, and they have to like do stuff. So it it's a thing. Like, like we that. don't fit in. We got a mission. Let's do it. And X-23 and Cable. Who thought or knew that that was a thing? I kind of dig it. Um, won't be the first time she's dated one of the, one of the, one of the X-Men. Then we got the new mutants. By the way, one of the new uh, feature, newfangled things about Krakoa is you can pretty much uh, revive anyone. You can bring them back to life. It's almost it's very altered carbon, where instead of a stack, you've got Professor Xavier uh, saving your entire consciousness onto Cerebro, and with a bunch of other mutant powers and their literal powers combined, a shell can be a shell can be created of your old DNA of your old body. And your consciousness plugged into that thing from the last time you were booted up or back or, or like uploaded or mm. whatever it was. So basically, it's the X Men with carbon, you know, altered carbon tech, but bioorganic. Super awesome, and that's why all of the new mutants are back. What do they do the minute the whole team comes together? They go to space because Cannonball, one of their friends, is in space. So they were literally, I think, maybe the first real class, maybe. Um, after like the, the sort of the main X-Men, right? Uh, and, and they were pretty cool. Even before Jubilee's time, I want to say. Mm. Um, and and uh, yeah, so they're back. Uh, and that's cute. And then finally we've got... Um, so, we've, so we've gone to space with with that, those guys. You've, you've got, uh, you know, like the magical world mm. with Excalibur. The underworld with uh, Fallen Angels. Mainstream and everything is sort of like the black market with like Marauders. And the mainstream with X-Men. X-Force is basically the retaliate, retaliatory force that responds to the assassination squad that is sent after Charles Xavier and seemingly, I have not read the rest of it, shoots him in the head. Literally, the end of the first issue is the broken sort of like helmet of Charles Xavier, like this is mini Cerebro, and him like lying dead on the floor. And I'm just like, oh, and everyone's saying they killed Xavier. And I'm just like, no way. I mean, there's got to be some way to reboot him, right? And bring him back to life. I mean, it'd be everything would fall apart if, if that wasn't possible. So X, so I'm excited to see what, what they're gonna do with X Force, sort of like moving forward. So, yeah, that was that's that's new and like to, ugh, words fail me. In any case, and when they do, it's time for a game. So, something that you're gonna time. like because for the longest time you were like, I don't know what I'm really doing here, but because of lockdown conditions you're going to be able to really play a good game of full stream ahead. Full stream ahead. In which case, what have you been streaming? I'm going to skip all the anime because that can just go into it. Quite a few otaku obsessions, I find. Uh, But but I did watch a couple of other things. So recently in the last like week or so, they did a lot of like sort of concert type stuff. So there was like that Ah, Disney sing along on Hulu, which was pretty fun. And then there was the the uh, Global Citizen and World Health Organization concert that Lady Gaga organized, which was also pretty great to watch. Um, so those were very fun. I also <laughs> skimmed through the Phantom of the Opera, the 25th anniversary concert at the Royal Albert Hall, which was up on YouTube for like a couple of days. So I just skimmed for my favorite parts because that's just <laughs> how I watch Phantom of the Opera, apparently. Plus, honestly, Sierra Bogus, Raman Karimlu, they're absolutely exactly how I imagine Christine Daae in the Phantom to be, honestly. Like, that—that that is exactly how I do it. Like, peg them. Voice-wise, 
Appearance-wise, everything-wise, it's great. And also for a good time, why don't you check out the hashtag Phantom Party? Oh, yes. That was a, a thing that some people did on Twitter, uh, hosted by Janela Angeles, who's the author of Where Dreams Ascend, which is out in August, which has Phantom of the Opera vibes. Stream. Anyway, check that out on Twitter. Yeah, it's so fun. Like, the, sh- the amount of funny. shade... Is, is it gives so much life in these dark times, uh, especially for a non-fan like myself. So uh, and even fans are like, okay, I'm a fan and this is funny. So. Well, it is funny, and I also ended up skimming through the 10th anniversary concert production for Les Misérables because that's also hey, a mood hey, that hey. I'm in since I'm almost done reading it. And uh, other things that I streamed. So I decided out of nowhere that I was going to randomly start watching all of the Disney animated movies that I could chronologically, which oh, means wow. that I start with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, I think I was so there for some of it. I watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And like, okay, there's always going to be a tiny part of me that is nostalgic about it because it reminds me a lot of my childhood. Right. And like, especially reminds me of like the iconic Snow White ride that used to be at Walt Disney World. I'm not sure if it's still there, actually. It might oh, not hey, be. I remember that one. That yeah, ride, yeah I don't, we haven't seen that around in a while. I, I mean, know, we've so seen I Peter Pan, it's still there. I can't actually remember if the Snow White, I feel like it might not be. But anyway, watching Snow White was a very interesting experience because like, I can appreciate the fact that for the time period and era it came out, there's so much work that went into that and it, it all really came together well. However, on the flip side, watching it as someone in 2020, I'm just like, there's hmm. a lot to unpack here. Uh, do we have the time, though? No, not Probably really. not, but... Uh, it was fun. It was fun to revisit. Uh, it was fun to kind of poke fun at things, just because <laughs> that's how we roll. Uh, so that is the beginning of my downhill slide into watching all of the Disney animated films, and I can't wait. So we're going to save all of the anime for later, because... You know. That's that's a lot of feelings there. That's a lot so, of feelings. What have you been streaming? Well, speaking of like childhood cartoons, um, I sort of have been streaming, uh, although I could not get through it because I would just end up being like a sobbing, terrible mess. Uh, I, I did stream um, uh, The Secret of Nim, right? Aww. Which was the animated film based on, I believe there's a book out there uh, about the rats of Nim. Uh, Mrs. Frisbee and the rats of Nim, I think. Mm. Uh, which is a story about a single mom who recently widowed um, her husband, little did she know, was the product of like uh, like science experiments that made rats smarter, although he was a mouse and not necessarily a rat. And um, basically, her problem right now is that her youngest like like offspring, Timmy, is sick with pneumonia, <clears throat> and and she just has. To, but but they're 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 all moving because the farmer's gonna like plow the field, so they have to like move to the other side of the field, and she can't move Timmy. Um, and so that's basically her thing. It's like, how do I move my son? Uh, it's moving day. How do I get all the meds? And it's just this terribly poignant, almost why would children watch this kind of thing where it's so stressful? Um, so there's that. Uh, there's the Swan Princess, which we skimmed a little bit to just the the, the bits uh, pieces that we love because um, no. And to Alexa, you you you're a really really good point. Um, no opening sequence is just quite capturing. You know, no opening sequence quite captures the feelings. That one gets when watching, uh, you know, the, the the Swan Princess. Yep, I agree. That entire singing montage of them as like tiny children. I think they were like six or seven, right? All the way to like their late teens, and they see each other, and it's so earned because you know that they spent the last decade in and change, just you know, going from hate to attraction, I guess, until Derek ruins it in five syllables or less. <laughs> and then there's that opening scene there is of course far longer than forever still i feel like one of the most amazing 
like animated movie duets and even like Still fantasy duets of, of oh god that hair uh, that is the one markdown like it's the hair and the weird animal accents are the one markdown <laughs> and maybe Rothbart's like you know no more Mr. Nice Guy like that that thing except maybe it's just like it adds no I'm a lion cheating I'm like this adds no like we knew dude like it <laughs> it's it adds nothing to the story for us to to see you sing about how bad you are it doesn't make sense um but here we are and uh yeah all, all the way of course to the beautiful beautiful ending of sort of like them under the stars and yeah they had to do the whole i'll love you far much longer than that because far longer than forever um but you know uh that aside as a product of its time i think it's great i think it's still one of the best non-disney movies sort of out there one day i will be able to write that story one day i know alexa and her swan princess uh dream adaptations don't worry babe i will be there i will help you self-publish it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be fun all right so that's what we've been streaming uh now on to some uh, other features so quick question what are you reading right now reading right now and so I actually haven't done much reading since the last time. Oh, I'm boy. still technically yeah. reading every single thing I mentioned. So still listening to the Happy Ever After playlist. They just had a really, really good date in the last chapter that I read. And I didn't want to continue it because I know something is going to happen. Like something bad. And I can already sense it. And I just don't want to go there right now. So that's in suspension. I'm also still reading American Royals. Where I also have stopped reading it for the same exact reason. Because I know <laughs> something bad is about to happen. And you know, my brain just cannot handle that stress right now. So I have turned to fan fiction in my time of need. That's a lot of reading fan fiction, by the way. I have read a lot of fan fiction. Okay, okay, okay. I have revisited top, old favorites. I have read top new ones. I am not going to tell you my favorites because that's just too revealing about my personality. <laughs> in which case, just, you know, like, talk about the characters then, right? Well, recently I found myself in a weird hole where I read stories where it was Sasuke Uchiha and Hinata together. That's, wow. That, which is a weird hole, I know, but like... That's like... The, but that's uh, that, like major angst levels for them. But only because Sasuke's middle name is major angst. <laughs> True. But uh, I always fall back to my usual favorite. Or so. his military rank. Um, I also fall name. back on reading Naruto and Sakura stories because they tend to be happier because they're friends most of the time. I was about to say that, that Naruto and Sakura like fulfillment like relationship stories are like the exact opposite. Yeah, of, like, they're uh, like on the opposite Sasuke side and Hinata. And then other characters that I just randomly have been reading about, uh, Minato Namakaze. For no reason other than I just want him to be alive. Oh, he's awesome. And Neji Hyuga, because I also want him to be alive. Uh, so, you know, it's leaf. like the reassurance that they're still alive somewhere. Mm. <laughs> Not in canon, but they're definitely alive Not somewhere. Not necessarily in canon, that's So that's right. been part of my enjoyment factor. Also, like I mentioned, I'm close to finishing Les Miserables. I finally went past the thousand-page mark, which is a feat. Wow. Um, and things are starting to escalate for the revolution. What I love is when Alexa sort of like enters into the room and- And uh, it's always about Marius. And okay. it's always about how Marius is a little dork and he's just he like, like- His attention just, span is like that of a fly, I swear. Like it's like, ooh, I'm involved in the revolution, but wait. I love Cosette, but also the revolution. But then, ooh, like- yep, pretty much. That, that, poverty, we must pontificate and uh, whatever. It's, it's a thing. As you can tell, I'm not very fond of what's interesting. Hypocrisy. What's interesting is that every like time Alexa brings something to my attention, A, I appreciate the information about Les Miserables because I can file that away. B, I will not be pretentious about saying I know the book. But at the same time, 
I can also say that with what little I know and I keep finding out, I'm so glad I'm not reading this. Because <laughs> I actually no way. Like reading it. It's very fascinating. But you did have some really good advice for anybody who wants to read uh, Les Miserables. If you expect a history lesson, it'll you'll, go down better. Yes, exactly. Definitely. It will definitely go down better because there is a lot in there about things that you don't think are actually relevant. But they are, kind of, somehow. Well, because uh, I, I feel like... Um, uh, you know, there's, there, the author is trying to build context, right? Yes, like, exactly. So, to frame whatever angst is mm. there as even logical, if not necessarily yep. earned, and right? to give you a better idea of the setting, like all of these external factors that could be affecting these characters and their decisions in life. It's right. a lot. <laughs> Fair. No, no, that, that, that's that's so, yeah, that that's, that's all I've been reading because clearly I don't feel like reading actual <laughs> novels this week. Just you know, fan fiction. Right. Well, I have been obviously again. It's an X Men. This is an X Men like, and it's so heavy because I've never the X Men have never evoked this much feelings in me in a long time. Because Joss Whedon's run was just super snarky and it got crazy. And I thought, all right, business as usual. Everybody hates us. No worries. Here, they have something to lose, and it's something so beautiful. And even I'm just like, oh my god, the mutant dream has changed, and it's more awesome. And so I just can't take it. So I read it in sips. Really, I can't like. Like, I would be able to sift through all of, like, Civil War or even Siege or Fear Itself back in the old sort of, like, crossover days. I, like, binged The Messiah War and and, and Second Coming uh, because Hope Summers and all of that, that really cool arc. But here, I just, I gotta take it in sips because there's just so much happening. And, and that they've combined it in all, all in, in the Dawn of X series. I'm on Volume 2 right now. That's what I'm reading. It's just so good. So I'm, I'm taking my time with that. Uh, whilst sort of flipping back between that and Altered Carbon, because I still have not finished, like, the book. <laughs> but that is what I have been reading. In which case, it is now a good time to segue into two of our favorite games, starting with Otaku Obsessions. Oh, my favorite game. Otaku Obsessions. Alrighty, so what have been your Otaku Obsessions? Try to rant about them. Try to get it all out. It's a very good, safe, awesome place. We're just going to quickly do one line about Boruto. I am upset that Konohamaru did not show up in last week's episode <laughs> because Hanabi was in it. In and which that case, is all I have to say about that. Right I, I would have to say that uh, this week's weekly Otaku Obsession uh, absolutely has to have a little bit to do with like the whole Konohana ship that is not happening, but has, oh my god. Still dude. not going to talk about that. Come on, man. It it's happens in filler fiction, season. so at least I get it there. <laughs> it's filler season, guys. At least put them in the same room. I mean, this is the Preferably this is the time. Drunk. This is it. Preferably be drunk, but not. Ugh, anyway, whatever. Happy. All right. So there's that. We haven't watched Fruits Basket, so I can't talk about that. But we will be watching that. Uh, but I did continue watching Sailor Moon, and it has now come to the point where like I have less to criticize about it and more to be screaming about it. Oh yeah, there were a lot of screaming because because yeah. it has now come to the point where like all of the things that I've already pointed out before that I don't necessarily think hold up as well now uh have fallen to the wayside because we've developed a little like things have started stabilizing the story has started making more sense like in terms of the plot the villains are starting to be a little bit better uh, and everything is finally coming to that big moment that we've all just been waiting for since the start of like like even though i know exactly what's going to happen like it's still escalated to this point where i'm like very invested now which I already was, but like now I'm just like deeply invested because I know that this is the start of like the big final arc that's coming and I'm just dying. So good. But I also finished watching Rising of the Shield Hero, finally, finally, 
I took uh-huh. a long, long pause there. Yeah. Like, I, I took some time to not watch it. And then I just ended up pinching the rest of it. And it's funny because, like, the reason I stopped watching it is because it was a little bit heavy. And it also yeah, frustrated it is, it, me. It, it is pretty heavy, this story. Yeah, it frustrates me so much because essentially the story it centers around a character named Naofumi. And he is one of the four cardinal heroes in the story. So there's the sword hero, the spear hero, the bow hero, and the shield hero. And the shield hero is often ostracized, well, really ostracized by the country that they're in. He's considered an enemy, a devil, and it makes it extra hard for Naofumi because someone tries to frame him for this major crime in the first episode. And so he has been struggling from the from day one until the ending. Yeah, he has been struggling to... And by it. the way, he, he, can't, he can't wield any other weapons except a shield. And yeah. shields aren't necessarily fatal. So can you imagine how difficult it is to sort of be like... To be cancelled, basically, by the entire kingdom and so not he, be able to level up? He has struggled so much and it was very, very hard sometimes to watch it because I was just like so angry on his behalf. But it's also so well done. The storytelling is very tight. You kind of get a great sense of not only Naofumi's character development, but also everyone around him. And you all see it pay off in the episode where things finally come to a head for our four heroes. And the best part is, so I was like, how in the world are they going to make a continuation of the story? Because they kind of resolve like this first major arc. Yeah at the end of the season. I mean, not completely, but enough so that you know like that part's going to iron itself out and be fine. And then this whole new thing gets introduced at the end of the season and I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Wait. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. So the, so here's so here's a fun plot twist, right? So you've got your first arc where the entire time he is uh, everybody hates me and that sucks and I'll try mm-hmm. to level up. He builds some clout, becomes super awesome, and then the church like comes in and is like, you know what, we're trying to kill everybody because we're going to be the main power here, which forces them to like, let's unite, let's make this awesome. Mm-hmm. So they come, unite again, fight off these evil waves of terrible thing when they realize the evil waves are happening with another world that has a different set, set of heroes, of heroes mm-hmm. that are summoned to them and you have no idea who they are, but they're cool. They're great. They're lovely. And um and well, let's see. We don't know who the bad guys are. I have no are idea anymore. anymore. Like my sense of right and wrong is like all <laughs> over the place now. Like there's no way. Yeah, because wh- why the terrible incursions? I mean, the fact that their world sort of unleashes a literal hell on 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 the one Nafumi's in. Like I am just dying now for season two. Like why are they fighting for those guys? And why are they totally chill with like letting all of these monsters out? Like what's the deal with that? If they're mm-hmm. if they're good, right? Uh, but we don't know their stories. No idea, but I'm very excited. And the last thing I'm only going to briefly mention here because it's going to be my featured fandom of the week, and that's Violet Evergarden, which I finally oh, watched. Wow. I've been meaning to watch it for a while. I think Mackie and I originally planned to watch it together, but he let me go ahead and watch it by myself, and it was great. I binged <laughs> the entire season in two days because that's feelings. how we roll now. Lots and lots of feelings. Um, yeah, so I'll talk about that more in featured fandoms, but suffice to say, it's probably one of my favorite things I've watched recently. It's just so great so good well as far as the taco obsessions are concerned i am still uh playing final fantasy 7 um and persona 5 royal and uh resident evil 3 um i have not gone back to it because i tried to do some writing this weekend but um but are you kidding i'm i'm gonna be stuck there for for a little bit of uh, a little bit of time um however speaking of violet evergarden uh, I think it's a really good time to segue into my favorite game, which is again, which again spawned this entire podcast, uh, Shipwreck or Ahoy. Shipwreck or Ahoy. 
All right, Shipwreck or Ahoy, where we really, 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 really talk about what we really, 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 really ship this week. And if it's sailed, and thus you can yell, Ahoy, for it is sailing. Or is it a wreck? Because, well, things just aren't happening. I... Mm. <laughs> Actually, it's weird, because this week I really... All of my ships are just because of the fan fiction I've been reading. Like, they're the ones I feel the strongest about, I guess. Like, everything else is kind of peripheral. I will say that I... First of all, let me clarify this by saying that I don't think that Violet and Violet Evergarden is 14 years old because she cannot be 14 years old. Like, in my mind, she has to be at least, like, 18 or 19. No way she's 14. But, but and, and you found some really good, um, I want to say, research, right? Where... Um, technically, in the light novel, she was a little late in her teens. Supposedly, she's a little older. It's kind of, it's basically kind of ambiguous how old she actually is. But in the light novels, apparently, she's supposed to be a little older. Yeah, that's the implication. That's I, the implication. As opposed to not to say that that lessens the age gap between her and the person I ship her with any less, because he's supposed to be in his late twenties, so that's still pretty far. Like that's uh-huh. like a ten year age gap at the most, eleven maybe. Fair. But here's the thing: it's kind of hard not to want her to end up with the person that she holds closest to her heart, which is the major that is the one person who is kind to her after she gets, not rescued, but, like, taken and dropped at his feet, basically. Um, Yeah, more on that later, because I have thoughts on that. Um, And I'm still trying to sort out all my thoughts on that, but they're definitely a ship that I wish would sail. Don't know if it sailed, because uh, technically, if you watch the first season of Violet Evergarden, and I'm about to full-on spoil it, uh, there is no ship actually they just talk a lot about her feelings for him but he's not there so but 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 if he were would you ship it well yeah would you ship it hard but he's not he's dead (laughs) right yeah so or at least that's the implication or at least i refuse to believe this is like the time that kakashi dies in naruto and i'm like he's not dead and for for those of you who who don't know what 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 this private joke is we're gonna let you in a a little bit so i read um the naruto shippuden like scanlations like like you know like like a good little pleb right because that's the only way we get these is every week a scanlation comes out uh, and I t- and I did not watch the anime at all because I thought, well, you know what? There's a lot of spoilers and no, not spoilers. There's a lot of fillers. So I see this thing where you know they, they quote unquote kill Kakashi, and I'm like, oh my god, they just killed Jirai. This is terrible. And, and then I'm, I'm there. I'm like devastated for weeks until we figure out. Oh wait, they bring him back, and that's lovely. Alexa, on the other hand, this entire time for like what a solid like stone face. Six, seven, eight, nine, nine episodes. Yeah, he's not dead. There's no freaking way. It's the funnier Does part not is give I, accepted, an inch. I accepted everybody else died like almost immediately. And the only person I was like, no, he's not dead. He's Does not, not dead. give he's an not inch, dead. right? This is <laughs> G- and I'm like, there's no way. Look, I think they murdered Asuma. Jiraiya is dead. And I'm and like, and I believe dead. all of that. This is like the moment when they killed Cedric Diggory in like, I'm like um, no, you know, he's not dead. Because it just in my head, I'm just like, oh my god, it's real now. People are dying. And so I'm like, no. And then Alexa's stone face, like, no, nah, he's, yeah, I don't care. You know what? I'm also going to just quickly say that I have finally arrived at the point in Sailor Moon where I'm like, okay, fine. I remember why I ended up really wanting Mamoru and, and, and um, Usagi to get together. All right. It was just, it's one episode. It's episode 34, which is basically the episode where you, oh, they episode they do the big now. reveal to each other, where he finds out that she's Sailor Moon, and she finds out that he's Tuxedo Mask, and they try to protect each other, and in the process, he dies. Because oh, wow. he throws himself in front of the, I don't know, whatever, the knife, the crystal, who cares? He throws himself in front of it, 
gets hit by it and he's already previously injured so he basically dies and of course like usagi being usagi she like feels that so deeply and she cries and then it's suddenly revealed that she is actually the moon princess let me just tell you the sheer amount of screaming i did over that episode was highly unexpected even especially because i knew what was going to happen in that episode and i'm just like still screaming though because i still care apparently so that's where that is uh we're just gonna tuck that away for future uh (laughs) perusal oh wow no um yeah i'm still on the konoha maruhanabi that's the only thing that i that is still the only thing we're on board the ship we have been on board it for like weeks although although um I gotta say, I'm a little bit more invested, and I don't know. It's just because I'm, I'm sitting next to to you like all the time when we watch this, but I'm kind of invested in 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 Kyo and uh, in in Kyo and um, Toru. Toru, yeah. I'm I'm kind of finally like not on the fence about it. Like I totally get why that's a better pairing than uh, and I apologize to anybody who ships Toru and Yuki because that looked like the more stable relationship. And it still does. I'll give you that. Like, it still looks like, oh, he's, like, chill. And he just loves her. But then, uh, for those of you who don't know, and again, spoilers abound, uh, this one over here sitting next to me is so happy. (laughs) And smug. About the whole Kyo and and, and, and Toru sort of uh, relationship. Because that's really what I mean, I can't... I'm so glad I know that those two get together. Because I would not be able to survive. Like, I would end up, like, grabbing the manga, like, sitting on Alexa's shelf and just, like, binging it because I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Like, as, as the more that I see the connection build, I'm like, I have to know if she ends up in him. Mm-hmm. Because to this day, she doesn't know who the hell she likes. She just she just loves everybody equally, so so we all think. Uh, but but we all know it's all about she the She loves cat. them all. Yeah, yeah. She totally, and, who, and who wouldn't, right? Like, if you were, if you were Toru. But there is that. So I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much sort of my and we're coming off from like last Monday's ship as well. Alright, in which case, in which case we are now we are now segueing to Featured Fandom. Featured fandom Featured Fandom. Featured Fandom. Alrighty, so coming in for a close, we've said a lot about the things that we love. Uh, let's let's uh, let's bring it home, babe. What do you got? Okay, I'm gonna talk about Violet Evergarden, which I already mentioned earlier. So Violet Evergarden is a, it started as a light novel series and then it got adapted into an anime with, uh, in conjunction with Netflix, right? Which I think came out in like 2018, I want to say. Anyway, I only got around to watching it now. So Violet Evergarden is the main character of the series, and she is essentially a tool that was used during the civil war that was happening in the country that she lives in and i will not try to pronounce it because it's complicated but anyway tool what kind of tool was she used as i mean basically a human weapon i guess is what you want to say she's just very it's not very clear if she's actually human or not um but she was basically fighting alongside all of the soldiers and she was involved in this very big incident that resulted in the loss of both her arms and now she has metal prosthetic replacement arms. So Violet's journey is that she is determined to try to understand the last thing that her major, who is the one person that she trusts and holds very dear in her heart, told her before he died or basically before they got separated. And the thing he told her was, I love you. And she's trying to understand what that means. So the entire series just focuses on her becoming an auto memory doll which in the story is someone who is trained to sort of listen to people who need letters written and to try to translate those feelings onto paper 
Right. And she learns a lot about herself and about her feelings and about other people through writing letters for other people. And it is so wonderful. Like, the storytelling is so great. Each of the episodes has its own, like, arc, even though there's also that underlying plot of, like, Violet struggling to come to terms with things about herself, about her role in the war, about her own feelings for other people. And I just think that they did an incredible job not only telling the story, but also making it so that there is something about each episode that makes it special. And I think one of my favorite things about the show also is that it is beautifully animated. Like, I feel like... Yeah, it's such a stately, yeah, like, it's just, glossy, it's so poignant. It's so gorgeously animated. The only other thing that I can think of that compares to it even is Kimi no Nawa. Or, I was about to say yeah, Makoto Shinkai. Makoto Shinkai. Yeah. Like, that's how pretty it is. Like, it's so gorgeously it's done. It's and beautiful. not only that, but like... I love the characters. It's one of those stories where, like, you get Violet, of course, herself, but you also get this entire cast of other characters that she encounters along the way, and it's kind of great to just see her, you know, fall in love with every single one of them in terms of, like, friendship or family or whatever they are to her at that given point. But one of the things I actually noticed about it, which I pointed out to Maki, and it's very unusual for me to notice because I never noticed this, but the music is so Uh, gorgeous. I am so in love with the music for it it's just beautiful like it it, again also on the same level of like Makoto Shinkai's most recent stuff like it's one of those things where I'm like I could just sit and listen to that song over and over again because it evokes such feelings like it's so oh it's just so well done um the thing that I like best about it is that it really is just about Violet coming to terms with things for herself like that is that's the main focus of the entire season like she is just trying to understand trying to make sense of things and the best part is the things she's trying to understand are such human things Mm. they're such human conditions like any person could find them relatable even if it's not the exact same situation that violet finds herself or the person she's working with um experiencing it's just it will strike a chord really no matter who you are when you're watching if you can if you if you do end up watching the show like I was crying through like the last I don't even know how many episodes <laughs> like at first I was like okay I think I'm gonna be fine I think I'm gonna be fine and then I started crying and I was just like nope it's over um so yeah I <laughs> I I just really loved it I I can't believe I waited so long to watch it I'm glad that I finally did and I'm glad that there's still like two specials that I can watch too I would really like to read the light novels except that they're not actually officially translated in English yet, although I'm sure with some digging we'll find yeah, we're some stuff online. Some stuff out, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's so great. I really, really enjoyed it. And okay, here's the thing though. I will say that you have to really treat it the way you would treat most anime, which is you kind of have to suspend your level of Oh, you mean because of the lack of exposition and the fact that nobody explains bloody anything? Yeah, a fairly typical thing for me with anime or even manga is that I will just accept whatever the author's explanation is as true for that world. Yeah, like let's just accept that this is this. They just don't treat it the way most Western, I guess, stories would treat it, where you have to explain like how we got there, like why it's like this. But but with Japanese, it's like... uh, Japanese stuff it's usually like oh there's this magical talking cat that's gonna give you you know what I mean like or there's and you just have to accept it this is a chobit it's a personal computer yeah exactly. but in the shape of a tiny girl yeah so it's it, it's one of those things like for me where I just have to don't do ask where the reset that button is. as well I also know that there's a quite a bit of criticism about Violet's age which I already mentioned earlier like in the anime she's 
she says that everyone thinks she's 14. I really don't think so. I still think she's older. Like I said, some people have said in the light novel, she also comes across as older. Obviously, this causes issues for some people because it affects the way that you consider her relationship with the major that she's really, like, she really, really loves. Like, her kind of, like, her regard for him is very much, like, someone who was shown a bit of kindness and is now attached to that person. Yeah. And you can tell that pretty much from the start. But then you also kind of can tell that it starts developing into something more than that. Like, it's a stronger bond than that. It's kind of hard to explain because it's an ambiguous bond. So you could actually explain it in a number of different ways. But here's the thing. Because I'm shipper trash, we all know that (laughs) in my mind, I'm just like, I would really like it for it to make sense that they could actually have some sort of, I don't know, romantic relationship at some point, even though he's dead, supposedly. I don't know if he's actually dead. Officially, he's considered missing in action, but that's been his status for like two years, so... Who knows, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Anyway, enough of my ranting. Suffice to say that I have a lot of feelings about that, clearly. It's great. Are you kidding? Um, and it was, it was great. Would highly recommend. I would not. Like, just for the just for the experience of it, I want to watch Violet Evergarden. I mean, you it's, should. It's, it's pretty... I'm not going to put myself through that again right now because <laughs> my feelings about it are there very There are some fragile. things you just don't rewatch after the first pass. Like, oh, I don't no, know. No, I can I rewatch it, just not right now. Anohana is not something you rewatch oh, I right never, after. I, I cannot rewatch Anohana. It's going to take me like a decade. Before I just I see trailers that. and like a few photos and I just like die already. But anyway, that's neither here nor there and a conversation for another podcast, mm. perhaps. But my featured fandom, as explained earlier, X-Men. Always X-Men. Um, the only thing I want to say to recap is, my gosh, you know, you've got a bunch of... Like, it's literally all these people trying to fit in and help humanity. They've saved the world 20 million times. But there's still, like, a crowd of people, like, picketing outside of their school saying, we will kill you and all of your children. Like, that's just the level of it. Like, they blew up school buses full of ex-kids. Um, and and some of them even depowered already mm. af- after some 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 eras. So imagine if the entire time, and this is where the the the, the genius of this whole Dawn of X, you know, like era, you know, uh, lies, is imagine if the, one of the mutants that you never that you didn't think was a mutant actually, but was a mutant the whole time, Maura McTaggart, had the ability to be reborn. That was her mutant power. I can be reborn, uh, over and over again, and mm. predict every single potential future. And this time around, however, and and that's why you know they it's super timey wimey because, um, you know it's kind of like time travel but not because you can literally create alternate futures, and she has, and she keeps trying to come back and you know she sided with the apocalypse she sided with Magneto she sided with Charles, uh, until at one point Moria was like okay you know what Let, we failed on so many cosmic mm-hmm. amazing levels let's just do a redo and let's do it differently. And she finally convinces Charles, and Charles finally gets to convince every single mutant, say, okay, this is the direction we're going to do. We're going to go to the front foot. We're going to change the dream. We're going to give the humans everything that they could possibly want. Longer lives, cures for cancer, cures for Alzheimer's, all that kind of stuff. With the, you know, except, you know, uh, with the exchange of we are going to be treated as a sovereign nation. And any attack against a mutant is, we're going to be treated like a regular country, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, why is it different from before? Now they're supplying the world with like life drugs you know that that'll help that's their upper hand it's like go ahead you keep your cancers and your alzheimer's and your stuff if you don't treat us like that break the treaty we cut you off right um and for every single being to be united i mean this is great i mean i have never felt so happy for mutants in my entire life right but you got the likes of wolverine you've got the likes of 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 bishop and uh x23 
and, and even cable right who are like this makes us soft we there's something out there and i'm so glad that they somebody tried to assassinate xavier literally on issue one of x-force because where would you take it right mm -hmm. this is proved proved to us you know after all of the insane shenanigans of like a, an x-men strike team being murdered at the very edge of the well not the edge but the center of our solar system as they try to take out like an orbital space station where they create sentinels orbiting the sun mm -hmm. like right by the sun uh after all of those those x-men are murdered and then reborn on krakoa with like the rituals of rebirth and storm sort of being like semi-president of the year mm. uh you wouldn't think that there would be anything standing against their way, and there is. And it's now time to sort of respond in kind. And you see so many, like you see people working together that you never thought would be working together. And it's lovely, and it's great. And I just want to, real quick before we go, I want to rattle off some of the things that give me life in this new world that you never thought would happen. These are the things that you never thought you would see, Okay. but it works. So this honorable mention would probably be the, the, the love triangle is now a thruple. That's right. It's happened. I've seen it. Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey are a thing, like a real thing, and um, it's not. And it's it's not just like a polyamorous thing where you know a gene pairs off with any one of them. I think Cyclops and Wolverine are getting it on too. Um, there's that aspect of it. It's so weird to see them kind of like sleeping together. Like they're I mean, they don't show it, but but they have that dynamic about them where there's like yeah, we totally bone, <laughs> you know, but in in it's just crazy so um honorable mention to that because that is something like I, I don't know how to feel about that yet but that is definitely something but things that are giving me life in x-men who boy there is an adventure that 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 puts scott and rachel and nathan so cable um prestige and and cyclops on like a father child mission they call him dad they're a family it's the weirdest thing summer's house has a room for absolutely all of them right uh, who else is like super chummy like in a good way Magneto and his kids Polaris still calls him father and it's great it's so wonderful weird. it's insane I have not seen Wanda on this thing I don't know if she's still cancelled or not but I'm very excited to see if little Miss No More Mutants has a place on Krakoa um, X-Force well as usual Wolverine best of what he does to actually tell people you know what this makes us soft forget it and this is their response team and I think Jean Grey is going is to be in charge of if not leading X-Force which to me is like, bring it on, Red. Let's do this. Marauders, Captain Kate Pride. As, get this, the Red Queen. So health, the Hellfire Club has been reestablished. Emma Frost is still the White, White Queen. They brought Sebastian Shaw as the Black King. They're like, who's going to be the Red Queen? And it's Kitty. Emma and Kitty working together on the same pantheon. I mean, we love that that dynamic in, in Joss Whedon's run, but to, in this whole new world where... Kitty's like, yeah, I'll be your red queen. I'll be your like queen of the underworld, you know, pirate queen type deal. Super awesome. Excalibur, a female Captain Britain. Um, kind of earned, I guess, and in the whole mutant supremacy type deal, for the defender of all Britain to be a witch breed, right? Mm -hmm. A mutant, which I love that they pulled that from like the Marvel like 1400 or 19, whatever that was, where um, uh, it was like medieval times and the Spanish Inquisition was led by Magneto, who was a mutant the whole time. Like they were... Anyway, that was kind of cool. Um, Fallen Angels, one of my favorite pieces there. Well, it's nice. To, it's so weird. X-23 and Young Cable. I did not expect mm. that. I kind of ship it really hard. And so I want to see that. And finally, New Mutants. Oi. Um, they're like the... Like, they're, they're like the... 
don't want to say they're like the breakfast club of mutants right because they were sort of like one of the first real full classes um not x-men but like children like students of sort of like the deal I, again i think they predate jubilee i could be wrong but they were they were their own thing and and for them to be all together again their friendship is just lovely i just alive that's the <laughs> that's the new thing we haven't seen them alive all of them together in a really long time and so to have everyone's perfect scenarios fulfilled the perfect place to protect for those who believe this is making themselves the families that never thought they could have literally a mutant homeworld homeland uh it's a great day to be a mutant i swear and it's it's lovely and and and, and they're taken over right so that's my deal that's what i love um i think uh we're gonna end it there once again we hope everybody's like on the up and up doing, uh, well. doing well again if you've been listening to us this entire time and some of you have it's amazing uh we, we this is like a non-promoted kind of book like we don't really like talk about it that much so the fact that you guys are listening to this you is hang out with us. yeah you're hanging out with this is really really fun so we appreciate that um feel free to tell anybody who feels like they can benefit from something like this we do want to this is part of you know sort of like the, the efforts sort of like put some good vibes out there and keep uh try to keep um it's positive during these these terrible terrible times so if you're not going through if you're going through something not so great our hearts are going out to you um we're hoping things get better soon hopefully and if you aren't keeping steady well you know go reach out to somebody make their make their day uh and and let's all just be there for each other so on that note we we hope hope you you enjoyed enjoyed the the bus. bus Hey, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Fandom Buzz. You can also find us talking about our recent reads and our book hauls on youtube.com slash books and find all of Alexa's book reviews on alexalovesbooks.com. Thank you.